There was nothing witty about that banter. <laughs> there was. There so was you're saying banter? we're wit? You're saying we're witless? Yeah, Cash was telling jokes, so there was a whole lot of. Oh. Don't forget the crickets. Oh yeah, there were some of these too. Ready to count it down? Are we recording? Yes, we are now. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one. Look at them, madam. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Oh. This is the gentle art of philately, otherwise known as stamp collecting. Here's a pile of stamps carefully culled from swap meets and garage sales. Rupert, what are you thinking of? Oh, I was just thinking of all the years I've wasted collecting stamps. Oh, like stamp collecting. Now, that's all right. That's quite a nice hobby, that. Yes, but it's not enough. Don't you understand? I'm lonely. I'm so terribly lonely. All right, Homer. You beat those stamp Nazis with good old-fashioned American complaining. Oh, if it weren't for you, we'd be at the mercy of weekend philatelists. You know, why didn't you just say stamp collectors? Because I'm tired of dumbing myself down for you. From Spain and two from Japan. I got a couple from Israel and Azerbaijan. I got a plenty from Poland, but none from Sudan. or from Fiji or Uzbekistan. Stamp collecting happens when we dream together. Live from Mystic Cave Zone, I have 145 rings and tails following me as I head for Dr. Robotnik. This is Stamp Show Here Today, episode number 138. I'm Cash. Yo mama so fat, she fell off her flight to Silithus and created the Ungaro Crater. Huh? <laughs> this is Scott. Never insult your enemy when you're out of ammo. <laughs> I'm Mark. Get some. This is Tom, and don't think of it as being vastly outnumbered. Think of it as having a very wide shot selection. And I'm your stamp mistress, Dawn. So save your bottle caps and strap on your power armor, because we are talking today about video games on stamps. So what video games have been on stamps? That's an excellent question. You'd think that there was a whole bunch and uh, like a bunch from Grenada and stuff like that. I did find actual countries that did issue video game stamps. Well, I know the U.S. issued one on the Celebrate the Century stamp. Yep, one stamp. And what game are they playing? Uh, Looks like Missile Command from what I can tell, but I'm not sure. Yeah, but it's not. Space Invaders? I think they uh, totally changed it so that it wouldn't match any game. That looks like Defender. No, no, no. It's definitely not Defender. Picture's too small. I can't tell, but looks like there's a rocket zooming back and forth with a whole bunch of stuff on the screen, so it really looks like Defender to me. No, I think they just made up a game. I'm sure they did. Yeah. But it looks like they took Mm. the Nintendo style. Right. It's definitely an 8-bit game. So it's not Defender and it's not Missile Command, so it's Missile Defender. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Which is totally opposite of Ireland. Because they made... The land of my people. Yeah. They made one with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. My game. Yep. And also Mario, uh, 
defender and Pac-Man. Your game or your boyfriend. (laughs) Then France put out one that really had everybody. It has Mario and Donkey Kong and everything. They put out a really nice souvenir sheet of, I believe it's two souvenir sheets of 20 stamps. And they went all out. They, they, I think they even had like Dirk Daring or, and then the last one in the eight bit era still is from Japan. And uh, they show 8-Bit Mario with all his uh, adversaries, let's say, including, well, she's not an adversary, Princess Peach, is it? And then next to it, I forget who the big villain is. King Kong? No, King Boba? Boca? I forget what his name is. It's been too long since I played these games. Well, you're not a kid anymore. Yeah, that's it. I didn't know any of them had names other than Mario. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's lore in everything here. That's what's so exciting about video games. That's why people play them. Like, Don, what do you play? Sonic. And where are you at with it? Uh, Sonic 2, I'm, I, um, I'm at the last one. I'm at the last level, and I just can't get past it. <laughs> but I will. Hmm. Well, I play World and on and Sonic and Knuckles. Yeah, I've also I've, I've made it to the last level. Well, I play. And don't get me started on Sonic Spinball. That just shouldn't have happened. <laughs> well, I play World of Warcraft. They haven't had any World of Warcraft stamps, but I'm sure they eventually will when they sell their licensing to somebody. I thought you only got on a stamp when you died, so I want to be when World of Warcraft dies. Oh, lots of people in World of Warcraft. <laughs> King Varian died. That's just on the United States stamps. Oh, wait, they changed that rule, didn't they? Yeah, they did. <laughs> hey, they have Harry Potter stamps. Why don't they have, you know, uh, Thrall stamps? I couldn't believe when they issued the Harry Potter stamps that there was a big cries. You're honoring an actor. No, I'm honoring <laughs> Harry Potter, a fictional character. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's Daniel Radcliffe. That's not Harry Potter. Yes. Duh. What do you play, Tom? Um, not much. My, uh, my girls have my, uh, my oh. Xbox one up in the loft now. So. Yeah. What do your kids play? <laughs> there is a good question. What do your kids play? Oh, geez. They spend more of their time watching, vi- watching videos of people playing video games these days. Oh, isn't that something? Yeah. FGTV. Yep. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them if they ever happen to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get Aileen off of that family. Some of the biggest, uh, YouTube channels are on people who play games and then broadcast themselves while they're playing games. Markiplier. Uh, what are some other ones? I mean, I, there's a jillion of them. No, when I actually get to play, I've always liked the Halo series. I've always been an Xbox guy, so mm-hmm. uh, a lot of I like a lot of the first-person shooter stuff. I prefer third-person shooter personally. <laughs> I like I like Titan Quest. I like to be able to see my character shooting. Uh, I, I don't know why I don't like the first persons, but I like some of the old PC like strategy games, like the World War II games and stuff oh. like that, where you actually had to like you know, hey, you got to defend this town and put your armies where they need to be. And Civilization, what? I used to always play Civilization. I liked Civilization uh. when, when when they came out with Civ two and Civ three. It just didn't. It wasn't the same. There were too many mechanics. Well, actually, that's something I want to bring up later why they do that sort of thing and how it relates to stamp collecting. Well, one of the other one of the other games that I 
kind of enjoyed playing was called Master of Orion, and it's basically a space race game, kind of like Civilization for the stars. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing. I liked the mechanics of the first version, and then when they brought out the second and third versions, again, they upped the number of variables, and they made it much more... It was more realistic, but it was um, much less winnable. Mm. And that's one of the things that I didn't enjoy. Yeah. How about you, Mark? What did you play? I played Doom. Doom. Yeah. Everybody's a demon. Yeah, yeah Doom is like, uh, I consider the pinnacle of video games. Everything after that is just a copy or better graphics. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. First no- person shooter. Yeah. yeah exactly. I'm surprised nobody said Oregon Trail. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. Do you know they actually turned that into a card game now? Oh, I play it all the time. Uh, Me and the kids. They hey, love that Cash, game. Did you, did you play Pong back in the day? No, I never got into Pong. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah, that's like 1970s. Oh, I was there at the beginning, just like everybody here, I'm sure. Yeah, I was designing my own games back then. Ooh. I played uh, Star Trek on a TSS-8 paper terminal. What do you play on your phone? I don't play anything on my phone. However, I do know a girl who plays gem-crushing games all the time. It's <laughs> Stars. <laughs> I wasn't mentioning any names. You didn't have to, and you never get the name of the game right. Until we moved out here for the phone, my girls, it was uh, always wanting my phone to play Pokemon Go. Since we're talking about video games, I think we can use this as a rather clever segue into the stamp market. I was at the APS show in Richmond uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, a representative from the Postal Service approached me they were handing out uh, cards with their new stamp app on them. And so I, I spent about 45 minutes or so talking with the representative about the stamp app, and she showed me a lot of the different new features and mentioned that they were working with the Scott catalogs to add varieties and configurations and values and all this other stuff. And so I'm going to be giving the stamp app a try here and uh, I'll let you know. They have three different versions, one for the iPhone, one for an Android phone, and one for an iPad. All three versions, you have to, uh, you have to enter stuff on your uh, device, but then you can also log in online through your computer and you can manage... Uh, your collection through your computer. You just have to add things to your collection from your device. That so, is interesting. That is, I did not know that. That's interesting. So, so what they have is they have the entire U.S. specialized listings in a database, and you can put them up, and they have image, stock images of all the stamps. And then what you do is you say, I want to put this stamp in my collection and then what it does is it starts a database with your collection just with the stamps that you choose that way you can say create you can create want lists you can create uh, uh, what you have and once you put them into your collection you can replace the stock image 
with an image of the stamps that you actually own. Mm. And you'll be able to tell it what the configuration, if you have a plate block or a pair or a coil line pair or something like that, you can tell it what configuration you have. And it already has updated values from the Scott catalog. Or you can add your own. The values, I believe, are for single items. So if you have like a plate block, then you would have to enter mm -hmm. uh, a different value for that. And I believe the mint values, uh, they don't specify between hinged and never hinged. Uh, so there's no choice in there. It's just mint or used. But um, I don't know. It's, it sounded pretty good. And it sounded like a great way to kind of keep track of what you have and what you don't have. And to basically carry around a digital uh, inventory. I think it, it's actually smarter than that. Because, you know... When I first started doing a little bit of research for this show, one of the reasons why I hear a lot of people saying that uh, young people aren't collecting stamps because like video games and stuff. And it's like, well, what does a video game offer that stamp collecting doesn't? Interaction with your phone. Oh, wait, here it is. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think it's more than that. I think it's the achievements. When you do a game, you get achievements. When you fill an album, you get achievements. You do. But the problem is, is that stamp collecting, at a certain point, the achievements get very expensive. Con collecting a U.S. collection has only been done twice, right? Two people have done it? Well, there have been... Zoller first, and then... Uh, well, Benjamin Miller did it yeah, way, well, way back yeah. in the day, but that was well with many fewer stamps. So it's been done twice. It's been done a, a few times, but okay. very few. So you get these achievements. Well, in, you know, the computer games, you go out and you kill everybody on the battleground and you get an achievement. Or you do it in a certain amount of time and you get an achievement. Or you jump off a cliff and you survive the fall, you get an achievement. If you do this with stamp collecting like this app, they give you achievements. You get the stamps and it shows you on your iPhone sort of an achievement progress. I think that's why games are right now superior to stamp collecting for young people, but for older people, they choose stamp collecting, obviously, over games. But it's the achievement aspect. That, I mean, it could be... Well, that's obviously a perception because there are achievements in stamp collecting. It's When you exhibit, you get awards. Uh, there are achievements that you can that can satisfy that, but they're, you have to work harder for them. They're not as, uh, well, they're not free. Yeah. Well, that, that's another thing. And you have to travel someplace to buy the stamps versus playing on your sofa. Well, so there's I mean, travel you, and there's expense, but that's what the internet's for. Well, yeah. Buy your stamps online. Well, eBay <laughs> tried to make virtual collections and PSE has their registry set. And things like that. So you, there but are. But the registry set, the registry reflects actual stamps. It's not, it's not just a virtual collection of images. Mm -hmm. I think that the achievement aspect of a game is you play the game and you go up levels. And at certain levels, you get certain achievements. It's relatively quick. And it has an instant sort of gratification, instant payback. 
doing stamps takes much longer and it doesn't give you that instant gratification. But I believe that the achievements, like you were talking about filling stuff, I think there's a big achievement in getting the most powerful power armor with the best weapon. <laughs> but there's also an achievement in real life about finding a valuable stamp or finding a color variety. And I think that those sort of play with each other. I also think, I, I, I think you have a point, but I think that um, for younger minds, it's easier to grasp the achievements when they're the way they're presented on the video game versus the way it is when you when you're collecting stamps. A lot of times, yeah, I mean, you, you find a variety. You're playing a game. You hit the level. You got lights flashing and music playing, and yay! Oh, you're, 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 yeah. Your body lights it's, up, it's and just you, you, going, yay. You, you find a, a burst a, of light around you, and you, you you find a stamp variety, and you have to explain it to somebody before they get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but honestly, why is it cool? But I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that there you do get that warm, fuzzy feeling. Well, yeah, when, when you find that color variety, when, when you're around people who understand stamps, yes, certainly. I don't even think if there was if there was nobody else around, I think you'd still have that achievement. Um, well, I rush. know. I know when I talk when I, when I find something, I'm you know just do, looking at stamps at home. And I find something interesting and I bring it to my wife, who is by no means a stamp collector. Um, yeah, I did that with my mom once with US of, number 11. So I go, look at all these colors. You know, it's all the same stamp. I go, no, it's not. These are all different. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, sometimes she can see it and sometimes she can't. Yeah. But sometimes it also requires a little bit of explanation. Well, another thing that we're discussing is you have a progress of achievements. And yeah. so, like, in World of Warcraft. Once you've completed Suramar, now it's time for you to go out and fight the demons so you know where your next place is you go over there and you go back to Dalaran and you teleport on over and you start your quest line stamp collecting doesn't have anything really like that you know once you do Switzerland then what do you do do you Norway yeah do you collect Norway next you know what's after Switzerland or do you upgrade Switzerland or do you replace all your mint stamps or use stamps with mint stamps or do you upgrade? You know, there's a lot of stuff like that. There isn't a clear progression necessarily. Personally, I... Well, that's one of the, But that's also one of the beauties of stamp collecting is because there's no clear progression, you can choose what you want to do, how you want to collect, yeah, what you want to collect. And that's one of the things that I think stamp collecting has over video games. Video games kind of push you in a certain direction to... Uh, to advance a storyline that uh, but once you reach the end of the storyline you're done personally i used to i used to collect us number 11s and you know the plating and all that stuff and after a certain point it was like where do i go with this and i found out that i was much more interested in the stories than the actual stamps right and that's kind of why we i do this podcast is you know i like the stories more than the stamps 
So my natural progression is now to find stamps that have cool stories behind them. And every time I find one, I kind of feel like I've reached an achievement. I've earned an achievement. Well, yeah. And so, you know, it's kind of cool. Like, you know, I keep telling everybody, you know, I have this great podcast for the history of toilet paper. I just can't find how it links to stamp collecting. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, I think for beginning collectors. God, I hope the, it wouldn't be a lick and stick. <laughs> <laughs> I think for beginning collectors, the level of Sorry, achievement is much lower. You're talking about maybe just uh, your achievement is filling the page. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think that if you're younger and you don't have a lot of money filling, you know, the presidential series, that may be a really good achievement. You know, when right. you're when you're 40 years old and you go, here's two bucks, can I have a presidential series set? You know, it's like not nearly as impressive. But yeah, I think that that is definitely the case. I wonder if there's a way, and if this app works, that'll be really cool. Is there a way to do that? I mean, maybe, you know, Pokemon Go. Try to put uh, the app with sort of a Pokemon Go sort of flavor to it. Yeah. Well, made Pokemon Go stamps, you'd be able to sell them out just to my daughter. <laughs> well, Tom and I are going to give the stamp app a go and see what we got. Cool. Does the app use uh, Scott numbers? Absolutely. Okay. It's arranged just like the by Scott number, just like the catalog. And uh, well, you know, give me a few weeks to get comfortable with it, and then I'll uh, show it around to those who are close and local. <laughs> So we get emails, so summon the answer squad. Shout out to Rodney W. on Facebook. Thanks for your compliment. He has a rather philosophical question. On the express mail stamps, I come in a booklet of three. Two are straight edged at the top and bottom and the one at the end is straight edged on the top, bottom, and right. So if the end stamp is twice as rare, why is it worthless? Also, why is the first day cover worth less than a single-use stamp? Well, um, let me let me answer the second part first. A first day cover is worth less than a single stamp because there is much less demand and because the catalog editor probably didn't realize yeah. that, that uh, he hadn't up he had yeah. updated the uh, first day cover price when he changed the uh, used stamp price. Yeah, I think that's just so, a typo. So uh, at one point, I, th yeah. I think that you know the catalog is so big that when you change one value in one section, you have to realize that it's tied to some other value somewhere in the catalog, yeah. and they forgot. Well, there was a great uh, I forget what the year was. But they had Zep sets, and a hinged Zep set cataloged for more than a never hinged Zep set. And they said, "Is that a typo?" And I said, "No, no, no, no. Hinged Zep sets are just incredibly rare." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. So um, the next year they fixed it. But uh, back to why is the end stamp worth less than the? Other two stamps they're worth the same. Well, according to the catalog, well, they're they worth catalog, the same. But right? the demand is less. The, the demand is much less because 
I don't know. I guess most collectors would prefer to have as many sides perforated as possible. And if you have only one side perforated and three sides straight, uh, it makes the stamp look less balanced. Right, symmetry. So, it, yeah, I guess the symmetrical thing would be kind of in there too. But I thought the questioner was wondering why the end stamp is not more valuable because it's rarer. Yeah. Yeah. And um, But but people well, collect based on what they like, and it's a visual, very visual thing. Right. And if it's non-symmetrical, that a lot of people prefer not to have that. Well, let me throw a monkey wrench in your gears then. Sweden has the exact same sort of thing. Oh, absolutely. And three straight-edge stamps are worth more than the two straight-edge stamps because they well, are it's three perforated scarcer. and one straight-edge because those came from booklets. Uh, well, there are there are booklets well, yeah, and there are it, strips also in the in the modern ones. Yes, you're yeah. right, you're right. But that's that's the way Europeans tend to collect. But they would also collect one of each. Yes, they would. They wouldn't collect just one example. Period. Correct. And so having one of each to show, okay, I have it comes both ways with two sides perforated and with one side perforated, and that is a more European view of the way to collect. And, Okay, so that we, would be we haven't gotten there yet. Wonder if they put that's a good really good point. Wonder if the Scots the Scots. Wonder if the Scots album had a spot for a two straight edge stamp and a three straight edge stamp. I'm fairly certain they don't. Oh, I but, know they would but, never do it, but <laughs> my preference if I'm collecting mint would be either uh, a stamp that would be perforated on two sides or the complete booklet pane. Yeah. Now, they happen to come in booklets with only one pane. So, do you collect the entire booklet, or do you try and take the pane out of the booklet? That <laughs> then becomes the question. Yes. And trying to remove that pane and keep the selvage can be a pain. Yeah, can be a pain. <laughs> but with practice, yeah, with practice, you can do it. That is interesting. Well, I have a thing. Well, I have an item that isn't uh, for viewer email, but I was notified that the uh, U.S. Post Office is has announced its Christmas stamps. And what does everybody think of the Christmas stamps this year? I haven't seen them. Well, they look like Teletubbies. <laughs> I can't just, hear anything. They look like Teletubbies. They're just horrible. I. I I'm not a fan of that type of art. Well, I also think that they made it a Afro-American Teletubby, which... That doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me either, but it is sort of odd that, you know, you would you well, would make a... You make four, uh, four different designs and they're all... But, I mean, that doesn't bother me as much because how many years have we seen where they do four designs and they're all white people or something well, like that. Well, no, I, my con kind of comment was if you were going to do Teletubbies, why not do four different Teletubbies? Why are they all red Teletubbies? Because red's a Christmas color. Oh, okay. I just think that they're so plain that um, 
you know, a novice person buying it at the post office look at it and say, I don't even want to put this stamp on my Christmas card. Yeah. I I agree. I don't I don't like those designs at all. They don't not appeal to me. Well, what about the block of well, it's four? But do you but did you look at why why they chose those designs? No why. It's uh I'm scared. Ezra Jack Keats' most beloved story, The Snowy Day. Written and illustrated by the celebrated children's author, it was one of the first prominent 20th century picture books centered on an African-American child. Okay, so where is all the text on the stamp explaining this? Yeah, because <laughs> it's on the USPS website explaining it. Be, because, I mean, without context, this makes no sense, or it makes very little sense, and there's no appeal. There's no historical information nothing and without that you look at the stamp and you go why well you know, so that's like cash assuming it's, that people it's more under, like a winter stamp even than a christmas stamp that's like that's like cash assuming that everyone gets his joke about whatever crazy world of warcraft thing that was at the beginning You know, they're saying this is everybody the first prominent 20th century picture book based on an African-American child. They're kind of going under the everyone should know this story, I think, is what they're doing. Well, maybe the post office clerks will explain that to each customer. You're typing very loud. Can you hear us? Dawn. Hello, Dawn. Earth to Dawn. Come in, Dawn. Dawn. She can't. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with why she can't hear us. I think the Teletubbies are uh, getting their revenge. So what about the block of four in addition to that? That's a one block of four, now the other block of four. Well, the other block of four is odd in that it, it it's the designs are much more, they're sharper, they're more polished, but the, there's no continuity between the four stamps other yeah, than the color separate and the, the stamp they're christmas carols it, does, it makes no sense it's going to be a christmas carols booklet yeah four, four four new forever stamps featuring images that illustrate four beloved christmas cards jingle bells deck the halls silent night and jolly old saint nick which jolly old saint nick huh that's the one with santa on it no but i mean is that the one up on the rooftop reindeer claws no Reindeer paws, not claws. I don't I think d- I don't know the name of the song. I don't know the lyrics off the top of my head. I think if it was all just one stamp, it might be attractive, but with uh, dividing it up into uh, this pie chart that they've got, it j- you know as soon as you separate the stamp from the from the paint, it makes no sense by itself. Yeah, no, well, you, that's a good point. Very interesting. Oh well, I, I'm going to give that one a five and I'm going to give the Teletubbies a two well I think you're a little generous but I think you're pretty close the worst one is the polar bear slash lamb oh yeah the one that looks the silent night the white thing definitely looks like a polar bear when you, when you mentioned it now I cannot see a lamb <laughs> I only see a polar bear there You've cursed the stamp. Needs a can of Coke. <laughs> Thanks to it. 
Well, is this the petering out part of the show? I guess it is since we're having sound issues with Dawn. So. Yeah, we're running out of steam and limping toward the finish line here. Might as well just uh, end abruptly. Well, now that we've talked about petering out, yeah. Okay, end abruptly. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Return to send up. Return to send up. Thank you for joining us. This has been Cash, Scott, Tom, and I'm your host, Dawn. Continue the conversation at Stamp Show Here Today on Facebook. You can ask us questions, see pictures of the stamps, make comments, and add to the conversation on Facebook. You can also ask the experts your stamp questions at bluepaper at gradingmatters.com. You can listen to all of our past podcasts at stampshowheretoday.com, podbean.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast listening platform. And as always, keep collecting. This episode of Stamp Show Here Today is brought to you by the Philatelic Book of Secrets, the book that teaches you about repurse, regums, color varieties, and much more. Get yours for $10 at www.philatelicsecrets.com today. WC Stamps offers premium U.S. classic and rare stamps on eBay. They make sure that 90% of their inventory is always the lowest price listed on eBay. And they also accept the best offers. Just search WC Stamps, all one word, on eBay. Thank you for your support of the show. Return to send up. Address on